Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Your Financial Mission. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Janine Theus, the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here on the show. And we're going to answer some of your questions on today's podcast. This is one of our favorite kinds of podcasts. Uh, we love just getting to answer people's questions, Janine. And I know these are pretty representative of uh, what you get in the office pretty much each and every day. At least it's, you know, it's all hitting different topics that you eventually land on with most clients. It really is. You know, you hear this a lot when people come in and then they start telling you their experiences with different things or their, or their questions that didn't get answered before. So, you know, I love answering these questions because a lot of people do have them and sometimes they're afraid to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, here are a couple of good ones today. We have two to cover. James and then Carrie will uh, bat last today. James's question is a good one. He says, I'd like for my wife to be more involved in our retirement planning. Sounds like you're going to be playing marriage counselor again here, Janine. James goes on to say, but she's always hated any financial advisors that we've met. Oh, good. Any suggestions, James asks. Well, I'm going to give you a shameless self-promotion here, Janine, and say, James, if you haven't met Janine yet, well, you need to bring your wife in to come meet her because no one would dislike Janine. Isn't that right, Janine? <laughs> That's right. And it's a different perspective. <laughs> That's right. But, um, you know, it, it, that's a very common thread. In fact, there was an article just recently, I believe uh, last week, in fact, my uh, assistant sent me this article that they, one of the very large broker dealers, LPL probably, or Schwab, did a big study and what they did was they sent out a case study to a lot of advisors, several hundred advisors. And the case study included a wife that worked part-time because she was a stay-at-home mom. So she did work part-time and then she had her IRA, if you will. Well, what was very interesting in the majority of cases, the advisors completely ignored her contribution to the family. Hmm. And very, very interesting. So I understand that a lot of women don't like this experience because it's a little more prevalent in the industry for a male advisor to focus in on the husband. It's just very common. It's what they do. And they don't or I don't think a lot of times they mean to dismiss the wife, but they they do often. Yeah, I, I think you but, see that in more than just in financial planning, Janine. I mean, that's in a lot of phases of life, right? You you have a husband and wife in front of you. A lot of the times, whether it, you know, not saying it's it's good, bad, or anything other than that, but just it is what it is. But the cases that a lot of people will, you know, if it's a man, it's going to more frequently address the other man that's in their presence and not address the female. That would be a common thread is what I'm trying to say, not just in finances, but throughout life. Oh, yeah. It, whether you're buying a car or a house or whatever. But what's really interesting, especially in our area, I have several wives, if you will, 
who are the major breadwinners. So it's a mistake for a lot of these folks to dismiss the wife because she may sit there quietly, but she's the big earner. Yeah. And that's a huge mistake. And obviously being condescending or um, patronizing doesn't help. And I don't think most men realize they do it. But that's one of the reasons I came into the business myself is I had had two experiences previously, my husband and I, with advisors. One was basically a salesman. And then that was early, early on in our marriage. And it was it was just an icky feeling. And then the second one was he was a vice president at a major brokerage firm. So part of it, you know, part of the challenge is for an advisor to actually listen to what's not being said mm-hmm. and or to observe. And what I find is, based on stories I've heard, that sometimes when folks have talked with advisors, they're pushing a product or they're pushing an idea and there's no conversation and there's no discovery of what it is the clients are really trying to achieve. So in order to, to go through that, you have to spend time in conversation about what's really important to the couple. And so that's why, you know, James's wife didn't like this situation because obviously people weren't doing that and they weren't including her opinion or her concerns into the conversation. And when it comes to money decisions around the money, that's critically important because where are we going in terms of your financial life? Where do you want to go? And you can't just like push a bunch of buttons and formulas and get there. You can, but, you know, not as effectively as what, what are the emotions behind where you're going? So what, what would be the advice, I guess, for James? They've been to, let's say, and I'm making up a number, but let's say they've been to four or five different, you know, retirement or financial planners. She hasn't liked any of them. You know, there's there's probably a little bit of a lack of hope out there, I would imagine, on the behalf of James's wife in terms of them finding someone that they're going to be a good fit with. Is there something in particular that they can look for in a firm? Is it as simple as, you know, find a female advisor and, and, and just take it from that approach? Is there anything that they can, you know, tangibly do to you know kind of get back out there and go and find somebody that's good for them to work with? Well, I think it's, it's you just keep trying because it's always going to be your gut that tells you whether you can trust someone. I mean, that's not, you know, people look, and everybody knows this, that you can write a great resume and you look great on paper, <laughs> but... Whether or not you like the person that you're working with or respect them is going to come down to a face-to-face meeting mm. and a conversation. So they, I think they should keep trying. I'm not going to say, oh, just find a woman advisor because some women are not that good. I mean, some women are not going to be a good fit, let me put it that way, mm-hmm. because of the way they've been trained. So one of the things you're looking for, whether it's male or female as an advisor, is can they help you or co-create the plan that you're looking for? Are they holistic planners? Are they looking at, you know, all aspects of your financial life? And then your hopes and dreams is so overused, but in terms of terminology, but what are you trying to accomplish? And can they help you see it? Mm -hmm. And that's really important. We can use that, uh, that buzzword that has become, you know, very popular lately, holistic, right? Look for a holistic type planner. Right. Or a comprehensive planner. Because your life, the money has to fit your life. And too often, the industry has you driving for a certain number. And like the commercial, what's your number 
for retirement. Right, I think right. it was a Fidelity commercial <laughs> some time ago. But they've all had well, some measure of that, right? Or the right, they, right. Oh, they're and, all carrying it around in their arms or something. Yeah, exactly. And so, in in life, is not about a number. Are you going to be comfortable with the strategy of how your money's invested? How you're going to use it? Are you going to leave any? How long are you going to live? What are all the other factors? What do you want to do? in retirement, because will the money support what you want to do? How are you even going to know that unless you take a holistic approach to planning? So that's really, I think, critically important is how comprehensive is the plan? It's a great question, James. Thank you for writing that one in. And also thank you for, uh, you know, just in- including your wife in the process, because a lot of people, you know, might say, well, she's not happy with the advisor, but, you know, we'll just have to deal with it. Or she'll just eliminate herself from the process since she doesn't like the advisor and I'll just take over the equation. No, it looks like you're committed to making sure that you're both involved in the process. And I think that's also something that's really, really important. So good question. If you'd like to submit questions, you can go to the website, theuswealthadvisors.com, and we might consider one of your questions on a future mailbag edition of the podcast. That's theuswealthadvisors.com. All right, one more here for this podcast that comes to us from Carrie. Janine Carrie says, how can I make sure that you're a reputable advisor? So kind of piggybacking off of James's question there, but uh, less on the, I don't like the advisor, but more on the reputation. What do you think? That's a great question because there is a methodology, there is a place you can go to make sure that the advisors are registered. And that's a very important point, They that any registered who is working with securities has to clear business through either a broker dealer or a registered investment advisor, an RIA. The RIA is a fiduciary. So if you want to know what they are, broker-dealer, RIA, you can go to FINRA, F-I-N-R-A's broker check and check on the advisor's history. And that history is going to show you if they've ever been reprimanded, if there was ever a claim against them, their history of work in terms of where they've where they may have started and where they've gone through. And I've had some folks come in and, and ask me some very interesting questions because they go, okay, we, I was checking on you and who is this? <laughs> because <laughs> everyone's got a gotcha um, moment, right? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and I always laugh because I know to expect it, but you know, in my own history, I, when I first, I came in through an insurance company, so that's there. And the insurance company had a broker dealer, Park Avenue Securities. And when I left that group, I went to another broker-dealer group. Well, in, in my history, that broker-dealer group, unbeknownst to me, because I wasn't doing brokerage business, which means sales of securities in terms of bro- stocks and bonds and REITs and things like that. So they moved me to an RIA that they said they had open. Well, the broker-dealer got shut down by the state that they were in. So that's all in my history. Wow. So I have to explain that. Okay, this is how this works. This is what happened to them. They didn't do anything fraudulent, but their paperwork was incorrect. And apparently there were some other discrepancies enough to, and the history of, that the state came in and shut them down. Wow. Now, it, di- it didn't affect me because I had already moved to their RIA. And, you know, when I, I found out about all of this through a conference where some colleagues of mine were also with this group and said, hey, did you hear? And I went, no, I didn't. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. Because then the next year I said, why am I paying you? I'm going to just start my own. 
because I know I do good paperwork. <laughs> I can keep my paperwork straight. <laughs> so, I mean, there, so you can find out all of this history that happens, you know, when, if you go to broker check. So that's one way to find out if an advisor is reputable. And I recommend people do that because here's the thing. You can get referred to someone and you might like them and your your colleagues or friends or family might like them. But I have a, a sister-in-law who went to an advisor through a referral and they got taken to the cleaners. So they lost a lot of money with this guy and they were not happy. So of course they're very, very gun shy now. And they're, I don't, they, they, we, I don't work with them. That's completely fine. And I, I said, here are the things you want to evaluate in the next advisor you work with. They're in Ohio. So that was totally fine with me, but you can't always, you need to verify the trust but verify thing. Right, right. That somebody yeah. gives you a referral. <laughs> trust but verify, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's very important. So, one, you want to, people make decisions. We all think we make decisions in our heads. But when it comes to people, there's a gut instinct that happens because you read more about that person when you're talking with them. And it's subliminal. And so, you have to trust your gut. A lot of times and then go trust broker check <laughs> yep yep so you use the resources and the tools that are available but kind of like in james question still use your gut a combination of the two will help you find that reputable advisor kind of trust your uh can hey, this isn't radio i could say trust your bs meter right <laughs> and yeah. we, we've all oh, got absolutely. one built inside of us you know trust yes, that absolutely yeah <laughs> so those those are good uh, pieces of advice uh carrie james great questions thank you for submitting those to the podcast today again if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future edition of the Mailbag segment here on the podcast, you can do that at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Janine is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. And if you're new to the podcast and you'd like to maybe reach out and get in touch with Janine to talk about your financial situation or retirement or whatever might be on your mind or questions about your finances, you can reach out to her at the website or by calling 443 443- 718-6311. You'll probably speak with Gracie when you call. 443-718-6311. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, and we'll talk to you again next time on Your Financial Mission. In fact, a little teaser for you. The next episodes are going to be about financially savvy grandparenting. You'll want to hear these couple of uh, tips that we have for you. In fact, we have seven tips in all on how to be a financially savvy grandparent, teaching the next generation about money and finances. Going to be a fun discussion. We'll probably spend at least two podcasts talking about that topic. And that'll be what's next on Your Financial Mission. We'll talk to you then.